You're listening to The Marn Report. Well, hey, hey, Fort Stewart, Hunter Army Airfield, Molly here with your latest edition of the Marn Report podcast. Today, I am joined by my friends, Mr. Nicholas Bryant and Hello. Major Charlie Stokes. Hello. They are with our DES security guard team. And today, we're going to be talking about the recent suspension of the Trusted Traveler program. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Before we get started, though, I'd really love to learn just a little bit more about what you guys do within your jobs with DES. Again, my name is Mr. Nicholas Bryant. I am the physical security operations and access control. Pretty much I just oversee all operations for uh, access control operations at the ACPs and all physical security operations. And I'm Major Charlie Stokes. I currently run the visitor center here on Fort Stewart. Anything dealing with customers trying to access the installation, dealing with getting passes, receiving contracting passes for work, anything dealing with accessing the installation, the visitor center here on Fort Stewart is what I do. Well, thank you guys so much for what you do. I mean, y'all are simply in charge of getting people on and off of the installation to do what they need to do to do their jobs, right? So that's a big job. It's a big job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's (laughs) got to do it. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into this. Can you tell me why uh, we recently suspended the Trusted Traveler program? Uh, Yes, ma'am. The Army is conducting an audit across all installations to get an all-accurate count of the amount of personnel assessing the installations Army-wide. But the overall purpose is to ensure we have the correct manning requirements at each installation. Cool. Okay. All right. When is this change actually going to take place? Uh, Well, we started on the 28th of April, and it's going to be going up until the 12th of May. Great. And is this the only time that it's going to happen? Uh, no, ma'am. There will also be another iteration. Uh, will, it will happen in June. The dates for that is going to be June 2nd through June 14th. Okay. So let's talk about any impacts that are going to take place due to the suspension of Trusted Traveler. Can you tell me what's going to be associated with those audits? Well, it's going to be a lot of impacts uh, for personnel that do not have the affiliation with the military bases. So those who are not affiliated, it will affect them in some kind of way where they have to go to the VCC and uh, get a visitor pass. Okay. So it'll it'll be a little bit of changes with that. I know it's going to be one of those time frames where it's going to keep, you know, everybody's going to be uncomfortable with, but it's just something we'll push through with, and we'll make sure that we are uh, doing what we have to do to make sure the community gets everything that, you know, for us getting a pass. Sure. With not any issues, okay? Sure. And um, Major Stokes, can you tell me what exactly the process is about visiting the Visitor Control Center and getting that pass? Well, once once they arrive at, if they go through, the, uh, try to go through the gate, they will be turned around. They will come inside the visitor center. We would then vet them, vet them, find out why they're coming on the installation, mm-hmm. if they have a reason to come on the installation. Okay. And we run them through our vetting system. If they come back, we call it green. But if they come back with not nothing on their record, they're good to go. Uh, but if they are red, which have a background or felonies or whatever. Then it's a little longer process. We they would need to turn in a waiver packet and and go through that process. But the the, the majority of them just come in the visitor center, tell us why they are coming on the installation, mm-hmm. and we run them through the vetting system and give them a pass. And they use that pass when they get to the gate. Sure. Okay. So what I'm hearing is get your passes early. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because again, that uh, also that goes with that is. Longer lines at the gates. We apologize for yeah. the longer lines, but there will be longer lines at the gate because everybody will be scanned at the gate. 
coming through gates. Sure. And then I have one more question about um, the VCC. Where exactly is it located? Are there more than one? It's just one adjacent to the main gate here at Fort Stewart. Okay. And then um, what about on Hunter Army Airfield? Is that Montgomery Gate? Yes, Montgomery Gate. Okay. All right. So just one visitor control center at each location. Yes. Okay. All right. So don't try to go to any other gates. They're going to send you around the block. Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. Aside from the visitors' passes, there's folks that also have... DOD ID cards, right? Yes. Can we talk about what is considered the DOD approved ID cards? What is actually considered a DOD approved ID? Okay, it's a common access card uh, issued by the Defense Department of Defense DOD, mm-hmm. uh, which is also including testing cards, automated installation entry, AIE cards, um, system generated access badges. We have the AIE generated paper passes as well and state driver's license that also we can uh, have registered at sometimes if that's something that we go to. A driver's license that is not registered in the AIE system will not grant, we will not grant access to the installation. Okay, so if you've got that paper slip, right, from the VCC, you must have that and your driver's license when you go through the gate? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, and then um, one thing you said, you talked about dependents. So that makes me think about minors. Mm -hmm. Can you explain um, what this means for minors that are riding in the vehicles now that everyone must present an ID card due to the suspension of trusted traveler? So, yes, all DOD-affiliated personnel uh, that are affiliated with the military, Mm -hmm. uh, the 10 years and up is required, is the requirement. However, we know that uh, there's, you know, a lot of issues going on and people are having times with getting ID cards. Uh, but for non-affiliated personnel that do not have a uh, DOD affiliation, mm-hmm. the requirement is for them to go to the VCC and get a pass if they are 16 years or, or below. Okay. So, and when you say non-affiliated, that means... Um, just no one who even works on Fort Stewart. So yes, if you're a Department of Defense civilian that does work on Fort Stewart and you're coming on post, if you want to go use one of the MWR activities or something, um, those kids are still okay to go through, right? With the exception of when you turn 15, you must have picture ID, yes, right? Ma'am. Okay, yes, ma'am. but any a kid under 15 can still get in just with their parents. If they are sponsored by someone that's affiliated. Yes, ma'am. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And then um, that brings up another point to everyone to make sure, you know, there are long lines at the ID card section. So make sure that you are going during their approved walk-in hours or getting online through Deers to make those appointments to go to the ID card section so you can get that taken care of. And you said 10 years old and up. Uh, now, a lot of people may think if they've joined, you know, the Army within the past couple of years in COVID times that now we're going back to something crazy. But actually what's happening is we're returning to the pre-COVID standards, yes, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. This, this was actually in effect before COVID uh, came uh, and we're pretty much just putting everything back in place like it should be. Sure. Sure. So, yep, just kind of trying to return to normal operations. Yes, ma'am. Huh? Yes, ma'am. Yep. The way we were. All right. Well, um, this has been just 
so incredibly helpful. I know that, you know, we've got a lot of questions rolling in from people that aren't really understanding why we're doing this. And um, you guys have really helped clear a lot of that up. Is there anything else that you would like to add? We, we're here for the community and we understand it's going to be some some troubled times. A lot of people getting turned around at the uh, ACPs and sure. at the gates. So uh, we're going to continue to work with the community. And uh, But the main thing is we keep safety and security and then we get through this time period, uh, you know, as soon as possible and go back to normal operations. Sure. Major Stokes here again. I want to remind everybody that when when you're turned around at the gate and you do come inside the visitor center, being that we've started this already, there will be a wait and there's a lot of people coming inside the visitor center and there's a lot of people coming inside angry because they don't feel they should be turned around because they've been coming through the uh, coming on the installation for so long. But you, just remember, you got to be patient. This is our army wide. So when you come in the installation, there's going they're going to be questions we're going to ask because we got to find out are you authorized to come on the installation anyway? And again, just be patient. Sure, sure. So I do have one quick question for you, Major Stokes. Right when yes, you're going through the gate, our guards are primarily civilian, correct? Um, I mean, we do have some soldiers yes. that are there, but. What, what do you want to tell people out there listening who may be interested in becoming one of our gate guards? Is that I, a possibility? Yes, there is a possibility. Right now, uh, we do have, uh, if you're military and you're transitioning out of the military, we, I think the process is three, six months out. Six months out, you can come and see the chief of guards, which is Chief Cannon, mm-hmm. uh, building 507D, and speak with her. And you can actually do an intern process. And then that way, once you're out of the military, then you can come on as a guard. Very cool. Yes. And uh, along with the visitor center, I want everyone to understand we're only open from 6 uh, a.m. to 6 p.m. And if you're trying to come on the installation after that, I would advise you to come ahead of time to get your pass so you won't come after the visitor, visitor center is closed. Sure. I do have one question because a lot of times the questions that we see rolling through, especially on our social media channels, are from soldiers or family members um, who are concerned about getting passes for their families who may be flying in to visit and may come in during odd hours of the night, maybe when the visitor control centers are not open. Um, What's the advice that you have for that type of situation? We advise all persons that have family or friends coming in after we're closed that uh, maybe earlier that day or day or two prior, come in. You need we need your uh, the, the person's full name, the date of birth and their gender. And as long as you have that, we can run them through the vetting system, get them pre-approved vetting, and then that way we can give the the family member a temporary pass. Sure, until they can come in during. Yes, and you will come in that follow. We will give you a temporary pass for that night. Okay. And then the following morning, you come in with the individual. And we will give them the actual pass. Okay, that's great. That's great information to have because I know people just get so nervous. You know, what is my family member supposed to stay in a hotel, sleep in their car? You know, so that's really good to know that they don't have to be physically present to get that temporary pass to get them on post so they can have a place to sleep. And then they come and see you in the morning, right? And that's the same with uh, personnel who are... uh, PCS and or, or going down range as well. We mm-hmm. had a few instances le- yesterday where the soldier says he's about to deploy. Mm-hmm. And it's the same process. Bring us that information ahead of time. We will 
pre-vet them. Sure. And then, or they what they can do is go to their commander, draft up a memo, and bring that memo to us. Okay. But it's the same process as well. We, if you bring the information to us ahead of time, we do a pre-vetting, and then we'll issue out that pass, temporary pass for that night. Sure. Come back the following day and pick up the pass. Okay, so there's that. I, I'm really glad that you said that about the memo from the commanders because a lot of people are concerned. You know, commanders get very busy. Maybe the memo doesn't come in time. Um, so they actually, it's not, it's preferred to have that memo, I'm sure, but not necessarily a requirement as long as they can provide you with all of the information that you need about, for that's, their visitor. That's correct. Awesome. Okay, that's great. Fantastic. Uh, well, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? I think that's about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Thank you both so much for being on the podcast with me. This has been just wonderful info. Thank you both so much for what you do. I mean, um, that's this is a tough job, right? You get to yes. see you are interacting with our community first, the very first thing. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. So thank you, thank you. Uh, that would be it for this week's edition of the Martin Report podcast. This is Molly signing off. If you have an idea on how to make Fort Stewart Hunter Army Airfield better, the Martin Innovation Team wants to hear it. Dedicated to identifying capability gaps within the 3rd Infantry Division, the Martin Innovation Team has partnered with engineers from Georgia Tech to help solve today's problems with today's technology. Soldiers, Department of Defense civilians, and family members are invited to take their ideas to Martin Innovation Center's makerspace to plan and develop a prototype with the team. No idea is too small. Help improve daily life on the installation. Submit your idea today.